every six months I go to the dentist office to have my teeth cleaned. Very typically, medical assistants will ask you a series of questions, whether you go to a doctor's office or a dentist or maybe even an eye examination. The medical assistant will go over a list of questions with you. Has anything changed since your last appointment? Things like that. And one of the questions they ask is, have you had any depression lately? And I answer it by saying, no, because if I am depressed or depression tries to come, immediately I turn to God in prayer asking God to help me. And God gives me something to help me. And the heaviness flies away. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. In other words, the world starts getting depressed and some of them grab for some kind of pill to take or they take a drink of alcohol, or they might clean out a closet, or they might go shopping, or they might do something like that fleshly. We don't do that. We walk in the flesh, but we learn not to war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. With experience as a Christian, One thing we learn is the devil is a liar and there's no truth in him. Jesus speaks that in John chapter 8, verse 44. The devil sends thoughts to our mind to trouble us. John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. By thoughts, primarily it's by thoughts. Jesus says, but I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. So it's a battle of the mind. The devil will try to depress you, but the way of God is joy and salvation and peace. My cousin, who was 97 years old, contacted me, and she said, I do well during the day, but when night comes, I get so lonely. Now, this woman has been taken to church since she was a baby, and she's now 97 years old. 
And I said to her, oh, that's no problem. All you have to do is Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be careful for nothing. Is there anything at all right now that you are concerned about? If so, make a note of those concerns. And after you hear this broadcast, and after you read this writing, turn to God in prayer with each one of your concerns and do what Paul says to do in Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing but in everything, by prayer and supplication, pleading with God, with thanksgiving for what God has done for us. Let your requests be made known unto God. And when we do this, the promise of God is as follows, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So I told my cousin, oh, there's no problem. When you start to feel pulled down, just turn to God and say, please help me. Please fill this evening for me and help me. She did not need to be going through the torment night after night. Her husband died about 10 years prior to this conversation that I had with her. She's been in church all her life. She did not need to go through torment night after night of dreading the evening. The minute the dread came, she should have just turned to God and should have done what Paul said in Philippians 4, 6. Oh God, please help me with this evening. Help me to have joy and gladness. Help me not to be lonely. Be careful for nothing, says Paul, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. What do you want God to do for you? Help me. Please help me get through this evening. I was in a rehab hospital after surgery. I'd fallen in Lubbock, Texas, and I... Uh, was taken to the hospital. I'd broken a hip and a badly break, bad break on my left wrist. They had to rebuild the left wrist completely and operate on my hip. I was in a rehabilitation hospital for two and a half months in Lubbock, Texas. Once in a while, my cleaning woman would come to visit me and once in a while, a woman from the Bridge Center, who had been one of my partners, would come to visit me. But basically, I was alone all day long, from the time I woke up in the morning until the time I went to bed at night. I had to fill that time. I could not walk at all. So I was lying in that hospital bed, and 
when I woke up, I would frequently say, Oh, God, help me get through this day. Please fill this day for me somehow. About five in the afternoon, I would realize the day has passed. God had brought things that filled that day. There was no reason to go through this type of fear or dread or suffering, if you will do, Philippians 4.6. I spoke to my cousin about two weeks after I told her to do this. And she said to me, I do so well during the day, but in the evenings I get so lonely. She hadn't done the exhortation of this scripture. She had heard it from me, but she hadn't done it. Many people are that way. They suffer needlessly because they fail to turn to God in faith, believing that he is there to help them. Philippians 4, 7, the promise of God, if we turn to God in faith, asking him for help, and really believe that he will help us. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, that is the word. In 2021, all of a sudden, I was bombarded with terrible, fearful thoughts. What will you do if you can't walk? If you can't get to the bathroom, what will you do? You can't live here if that happens to you. You won't be able to live here. What will you do? I cried out, God, help me. And instantly I was reminded of this. My God will supply all your need. That is Philippians 4.19. And I said, oh, that's right. God will supply all my need. So I don't have to be afraid of something happening. With that, the devil fled from me. For those thoughts, what will you do, are from the devil. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy and terrify us. And briefly, we might be terrified. But we just say, God, help me. And he will. And then we rejoice in the word given to us by God. And the devil will flee from us. James chapter 4 verse 7. Submit yourself to God. God help me. Resist the devil by rejoicing in that which God brings to our mind. And he, the devil, will flee from you. Jesus was tempted in every way, like as us, yet without sin. In Matthew chapter 4, when the devil tempted Jesus, Jesus resisted the devil with that brought to his mind by God, and the devil departed from him for a season, and the angels ministered to Jesus. For a season. It's not a permanent departure. 
The only way you will have permanent victory over the devil without doing anything yourself like turning to God. Permanent victory will only come if you die or if Jesus removes us from the earth by returning through the clouds and takes us off of this earth. But as long as you are on this earth and have a sane mind, the devil will bring thoughts to you which steal, kill, and destroy you. We take one victory at a time. When a disturbing thought comes to us, we learn to cry out to God for help and let our request be made known unto God. I know when I go to a dental appointment or an appointment over my eyes, I'm always praying, God, please don't let them do anything to me except that which is absolutely necessary. When I come away from the appointment, I realize how little they did to me. I have a nurse practitioner, which I go to every once in a while. She gives, lets me have a prescription for sleeping pills. And that's the only reason I go, except once I had some kind of a little kidney infection and I called and went and she gave me a prescription, which took care of it. I hadn't been drinking enough water. She said to me, are you drinking enough water? And I said, I am now. (laughs) I mean, after the problem strikes. But I go to her and she's just been wonderful to me. I've been in Colorado Springs for starting the fourth year. And I've been going to her just to get sleeping pills ever since I came to Colorado Springs. So she has learned me pretty well. At first she would say, do you want a blood test to see if such and such is happening? I said, no, no, I don't. Or she'd say, do you want a flu shot? And I'd say, no, no, I don't want, I don't want that. I'm not boasting. I just have prayed over these things and God settled me. And I feel like at this point in time, if I needed one, God would remind me and I would take one. But it's a a personal thing with me and God on this subject of my body. She's learned that. And she says, "I, I think like you do. And we've never discussed God. We've never discussed any of these things that I can remember. One day, I was at her office. She had asked me to come in just to check up on me and be sure nothing seemed wrong. She doesn't give me any blood test or any kind of thing. She just takes her little stethoscope and listens to my heartbeat. And she watches me, and I'm sure she observes that nothing's wrong with me. And she's great at leaving me alone. Well, one day I was at her office, and The assistant came in to take all of the written data on had anything changed since I'd been in last, that kind of thing. And the assistant said, just as she came in the door, the assistant said, "Uh, do you want a flu shot? And this nurse practitioner said, no, no, leave her alone. She's all right. We have a great relationship. But before I go for any type of medical thing like an eye exam 
I have mild glaucoma and I have to take drops. And so I have to go to an eye doctor every year or year and a half. And then he'll renew my prescriptions. And I also go to the dentist. And I go to this nurse practitioner at University Medical Center. But I always pray, please, God, don't let them do anything more to me than is absolutely necessary. If I have any concern, and my dental thing is the one that I'm, if I'm concerned at all, it's usually over that. And I'm always praying, please, God, don't let them hurt me. Please, God, do this or that. Help me. And he does. If we allow him to do so, the devil will eat us alive with destructive thoughts. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may destroy whom resist steadfast in the faith. So if you allow him to do so, he will really eat you alive with disturbing thoughts. Or somebody will come visit you and say all of these worldly things and terrify you. Or you'll see a newscast and become frightened. So you have to pray. I have to pray. We have to pray, taking everything to God that concerns us. Because you can't live in peace unless you do this. And our instruction as we wait for Jesus is live in peace continually. In the midst of all of these troubles and fears and wars and plagues, live in peace. Now, that doesn't mean to be foolish. It doesn't mean to be presumptuous and say, this will never happen to me. God would never allow this to happen to me. One time, God warned me, gave me a dream, showing me that great harm would come upon me if I went out. And I heard, don't go until you see Exodus 15. And I canceled all of my meetings that I had planned all the way across the United States for the radio audience back in the 80s when I was on radio. One of the people who worked in our office went to one of the faith movement churches. Now, I have gone to the faith movement churches. I know what they, what's taught there, and I know the kind of thinking they're doing for the most part. She said to me, after I had that dream and canceled all of my meetings, she was very skeptical. And she said, do you really think God would allow anyone to hurt you? And I replied, God allowed Herod to kill John the Baptist. And she said, oh, it's like she was jarred to reality. She came out of that boastful doctrine where they say, God will never let this happen to me. Well, I pray over these things. God, please don't let me get COVID. But I don't foolishly go out in crowds, unvaccinated, without a mask. 
I pay attention to these things. When Russia attacked the Ukraine, I prayed, and I heard there will be wars and rumors of wars. Let not your heart be troubled. It's going to happen. In the end times, these things are going to happen. Earthquakes, earthquakes are going to happen. Plagues are going to happen. Wars and rumors of wars. But don't let your heart be troubled. How do I keep my heart from being troubled? I often turn to God living in the United States and say, please don't let that happen to us. Please help our rulers to keep them from getting into wars. There's always a threat of war. If it isn't one country rising up, it's another one. And the rulers are always considering fighting each other or helping some other person that's where the fighting's going on. We've had Vietnam. We've had Korea. We've had various places where we've gone in to save democracy and had a terrible time getting out of the mess once we stepped into it. A friend of mine used to say, the problem is not seeing a wildcat or a bobcat or a lion. The problem is getting loose once he's caught you. That's why we're told to pray for our rulers. We're not told to vote. We're just simply told to pray for them, which I do from time to time. I don't vote. I'm not registered to vote. I know my hope is not in a president of the United States and in governments that switch back and forth. My hope is in God. The Apostle Paul told us to pray for those who are our rulers, so I do that. But I don't vote for them. I'm not going to sanction any person who's of the world. Because if I do that, it says, take heed to yourself that you receive a full reward. If you approve someone and he goes out and does wrong, if you say, have a good day, and he goes out and commits adultery, the Apostle John said, you become a part of his evil doing if you have approved him and said, God be with you, God go with you, and they go out and sin, then you partake of their sins. That is Second John, there's only one chapter, and it's verse 8 through about 14. So the Bible teaches us to handle things differently than the world does. The one on the rulers praying for the ruler. Let me look that up. It is in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. I exhort, therefore, says Paul, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving thanks be made for all men, for kings, and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For us as Christians, it's not a matter of being Republican or Democrat. It's a matter of praying for whichever person's in office. 
And if you're strongly politically attached to a party, you're taught to hate the other party. And you're going to find it's very hard to pray for them if you hate them. So we're not taught to vote for them as the world teaches. We're taught to pray for them. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you. Now let me encourage you to carefully read the writing that's attached to this recording on this subject of taking thoughts captive and be sure you're doing what it says.